73. Amen. God bless you all this evening. Hope you've come expecting the word. Amen. Let's just worship him tonight. You start with the verse.
the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, for your mercy and me and all my days, I will tell in your
it was your goodness that came running after us, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for your loving mercy, oh Jesus. That you came by our way, oh Jesus. You lifted us up, oh God. Put us on a solid rock. Hallelujah, oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Just before we go to prayer, can we sing, it's already done, it's already done. We just have a prayer request for our St. John family, or Samuel St. John was taken to the hospital uh, with a seizure, um, and he's in fairly critical condition. We just want to bring that before the Lord. Brother Tom, could I have you open up the service in a word of prayer? If we can stand and sing, it's already done. Amen. Oh, it's already greatest words ever spoken by man it is finished or what a price that was paid what a sacrifice was in plain view and so Lord Jesus tonight we look to you the author and finisher of our faith that you will come Lord and meet every need in divine presence Lord that you would stir us Lord to see the supernatural being done amongst us on a daily basis for you are a supernatural God. And so, Lord, as a, a mother was petitioning this afternoon for her son, God, we do indeed remember the St. John family. And, Lord, that every one of us could enter into this great need and burden. A young man, Lord, has taken a seizure, but we rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, as we prayed with our sister, St. John, we believe that that demon has to flee. The word is true. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So Satan, we put you on notice tonight. He's one of ours. He's one of our children of the gospel. We pray for Samuel, that you'll move in that hospital room. Raise him out of that bed of affliction. Touch the St. John home, Lord. Heal our sister Lisa. May the supernatural God descend within that little room, Lord. Both at the house and at the hospital room. May Satan be bound in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. We pray for Brother Milko, Lord. Still afflicted, still we pray. Still afflicted, still we stand. And we stand on, thus saith the Lord, by your stripes. Brother Milko's healed. And Lord, with hands lifted up and needs, Lord, need to be met, I pray, God, that you will heal body, soul, and spirit. Everyone that is in the divine presence of God here tonight. Brother Murphy will take the word, Lord, bless the Son of God, a son of God. Lord, let the son of God himself descend. Let the Holy Spirit move. Let Brother Murphy sense the nearness of the glory of God. Break the bread, feed our souls, meet the needs. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can have your seats this evening. We won't delay the speaking any longer if Brother Murphy wants to come. Can we sing Worship the Lord, Worship the Lord? Just have this song. Can't get away from it this evening. We'll just sing it. Amen. God will not reject your prayers. Pray makes you
us all stand. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, how we want to worship you, Lord. It is so easy for your children to worship. Oh, God, because you have done the great things that in our life, Lord. Thinking about it, the miracles that you taking place that are amongst us, Lord. Thinking that the healing that you give it to us. Lord, thinking that the word that you have preached to us. And thinking of future home that you give it to us. Oh, God, we worship you, Lord. We worship you in truth and in the spirit. Lord, for all the great things that you have done that are in the midst of your children. Lord, thinking about how God in the last of the year Lord, it's just one day over time. Lord, time after time, we can witness that God is a healer, that He's a deliverer, and He's the one that saves our soul. He's the one that transforms the people. And He's the one that gives us the vision, that makes the vision come to pass. And it is one that gives out our children, Lord. Oh, Lord, we give you all the thanks and the glory. You're worthy for all the praise and the honor. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we just pray, Lord, even tonight, Lord, when we gather together to come to worship you, Lord, may you reveal yourself again to us. Lord, show us the Father as we do say, Lord, we will be satisfied. Lord, we know that you have a show that the Father to us. But Lord, we just want you to show more to us. Let us, the Father, become a more manifested himself than in us, Lord. Let the word of God be revealed himself in more reality, and more in power than in authority amongst us. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we dedicate ourselves as it is this new year. Lord, we rededicate ourselves to you. Lord, it just seems like we need to be more sincere than ever as we know that the coming of the Lord is draw so nigh unto us. Oh God, help us, Lord. We don't want to argue about your word. We don't want to just explain your word. But Lord, we want to believe your word. Whatever you said, we say amen to it, Lord. Sometimes, though, we don't understand, but we say, yes, Lord, just speak on, Lord. The more you speak, the more we will know. The more you speak, the more we will believe. The more you speak, the more we say amen to it. Until one day, Lord, we'll be forever face to face with our God that we're loving so much. Thank you, Lord. Lord, take it as the rest of the night and just fellowship with your children. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless every one of you. Thank you for the musician. And now let's just turn to the word. Uh, book of uh, Luke. Book of Luke chapter 2. Just one verse. verse the last verse of uh, chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let's turn to another scripture, book of James. Book of James, uh, verse uh, chapter 5. Book of James, chapter 5. Let's read the two verses, uh, verse 7 and verse 8. 
the book of James, verse 7, chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient thereof, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, that the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and has a long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rim. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draw this nigh. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. I think there's a, uh, if we can uh, ever say that the drawing night of the, of the coming of the Lord is, is at a hand, it's at this hour that we're living in. God sent this as a message to us and give us a, a, a prophet and bring this uh, rapture message to us. And, uh, uh, you know, the old ages, they've been looking forward for this age. But we're right now actually living in this age. Living in this coming of the Lord. What an exciting time that for the believers you know, sometimes when I think about that, uh, my heart just tremble. I was thinking about so that all those sins that it went through, it down to uh, they, they died, that some of the martyrs, like the Paul and the, the different one, they thought uh, the coming of the Lord in their age, and that it would go down by faith. And think about the St. Martin, the Columbus, and all the messengers in their age, and in the uh, dark uh, ages, uh, uh, word in a Catholic uh, uh, that has been rude and, and those are the people they believe in the coming of the Lord in their time and Martin Luther and uh, as, a, as a reformer and so he's looking forward for the coming of the Lord in his age and then God never revealed that in uh, to them but in this hour and then, then the John Wesley and then the Pentecostal the difference of the movement but in this hour God sent it a prophet with the same ministry, just like the Jesus Christ, and coming to this age, give us the final declaration, the final announcement, and said that this is the hour of the coming of the Lord. And sometimes when we're thinking about that, we almost feel the heart to believe this, and we're living in this hour. And God not just give us the false hope, but He led us to look at what happens that in the world, and you don't have to go too far, and you can see that the world is coming to an end. You can see that the burst pan, that in the weather and in everything, we're living right into it. And without it, the preaching of Brother Branham has to give us a sermon, the birth span, we will never look at it as a sign and to know this is the sign of the coming of the Lord. And we saw that the churches started united together, the denomination, and they're, uh, uh, they're planting, Brother Branham has spoken of the word, said that they sowed on their seed, and now they started reaping the seed. If there's something wrong with the seed, it's not the spoken word seed. So they sowed in the denomination of seed, now you saw they're reaping it. And that the council of a church and that the prophet is give us a division. See that um, uh, the marching of the, the bride that are coming in is that the first bride that are come and that the second but the last bride is exactly the same. And that the denomination, the only church, the only coming once, but a bride that are coming the second time. He coming back. And when you're reading all those messages and listening to it, no wonder our heart can be excited and full of expectation that know that the coming of the Lord is right in this hour that we're living in. And it seems like in the coming of the Lord that what we are 
uh, supposed to be at an urgent. There was an urgency, and there is um, uh, it, it was it seems like there is a like a, something that was just a, a bubbling, just a, something that in us. Uh, we want to dedicate our life uh, and then more, and it rededicate our life more. And then on the uh, Monday, the prayer meeting, and brother. Uh, at the end of the prayer meeting, Brother Michael, that he was saying, uh, actually in the beginning, I think this is the beginning of the prayer meeting, and he said something. Uh, he said, um, you know, this is the time that, uh, she said, I want to be more sincere. And actually, Brother Michael, if you don't uh, saw my notes, I was almost want to jump it up and say, that's exactly that in my, um, in my notes. That I was uh, uh, thinking about uh, um, uh, on, on the same thought. I said, Lord, this is the time that we need to be more sincere. And I think the last time I wanted to preach that about the, the binding, uh, the Brother Branham uh, sold the vision. And in that vision, that he's a bind, a binded at a mamba snake. And, uh, and in there, and uh, God gives us the power to bind and unbind. But, but at the same time, when Brother Branham uh, said to him, you know, how can I do this? And the, the voice said to him, in order for you to do this, he said, you must be more sincere. And I was thinking about the one thing. The prophet has a very unique character. But that character, it is not only belongs to the prophet, it should be belongs to every one of us too. You're thinking about it. If there's anybody can be more sincere, if anybody can be sincere, the prophet is the most sincere man. But the thing is that the prophet never asked, how can I be sincere? The prophet never asked, Lord, tell me how. Give me some explanation. I think even sometimes I wonder if we're explaining things too much. Instead of just like the prophet said, Lord, forgive my insincerity. The prophet never asked a question. The prophet never argued about it. Never like the Zechariah said, how this can be? And then it become dumb. And but the Mary, when he heard that the angel of the Lord said to him, and he said, be unto me according to your word. And that's the character of the bride. And that's the character you look at the prophet. He never tried to argue. He never tried to say, Lord, I have already been sincere. How much more? You need me to be sincere. And the prophet right away. And he said, instantly, he said, Lord, forgive my unsincerity and give me sincerity. You know, that's I said, Lord, give me that type of sincerity. Whenever the word of God has said so, Lord, forgive me. He said, Lord, I didn't do anything wrong. doesn't matter. Lord, if you said so, forgive me. Even the word of God has the preaching through the, the pastor, through the different, different ministry, and to try to crack it at us, I have it or I don't have it. Lord, forgive me. Because I don't want anything hinders my walk with the Lord. Especially when we're coming to the last moment. Lord, help me my, my, my unsincerity and give me that sincerity. Why? Because the brother Abraham's sincerity brings power. Sincerity brings power. And God hates powerless religion. He hates something that was just intellectual. He hates something when it was the preacher and the people just put on the shelf. Without living it, they can quote it, they can quote it, but the life doesn't manifest it. And what is it? The lack of sincerity. And so the prophet never asked and never argued, never even explained. He just said, Lord, forgive my unsincerity and give me that sincerity. And then when he has that, when he said that, then the Lord showed him a scripture. First Corinthians chapter 5. 
and the feast of unleavened bread. He said, I will keep the feast in the sincerity and in truth. If we can put it all together, sincerity to the truth. If God has revealed his truth, then it behooves to us to give it everything, be sincere to what God's word has said. There's no pretense. There's no argument. It doesn't need explanation. Whatever, Lord, you ever said, I say amen to it. And not only just let my mouth say amen to it, but let my wife cope with it. Let my, wife, let my life is matching up with what I have heard. And then when the Bible says that the coming of the Lord is right at hand. But it was an interesting thing that here. And uh, in the book of James, has it, we know the coming of the Lord is drawing nigh. It's right at hand. But then he said, be patient. It seems like it doesn't, um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, match it up in that. If the coming of the Lord is in such urgency, should we just uh, fast and pray, just go do this and go do that and just do everything? But the James said, oh, be patient. It seems like it just doesn't match. But James said, be patient. Then I was thinking about how to be, what is to be patient? It to be patient, it doesn't mean that you're sitting there and don't do nothing. Be patient, so that means you're rest assured what God has promised and he will do it. Whatever God has said in his word, he will make it to happen. The vision is yet for a appointed time. Though he tarry, wait for it, because he will never lie. And he shall speak at an end. And it is said, he will surely come. And though he tarry, but wait for it. I think it was just such a paradox. And it seems like this is the time we should be running around. This is the time we should have given our whole self. Yes, we give it our whole being to be patient and rest assured. Whatever God has said, and it will come to pass. Whatever that he promised for our children, they will come to pass. Whatever listed on that board, it will come to pass. And you know, when a farmer planted the seed, and he, his expectation, and his goal only for one thing, that is for the harvest. And uh, when a farmer planted the seed, and that he was looking for it in the future, that the seed will be multiplied, and he will, uh, he will rape uh, a crop out of it. So when a farmer has to do all his diligence, he's doing all his, uh, what he can do to watering it and, and to, uh, uh, to uh, plowing it, to, to take the, uh, the, the weeds out and do everything. But the farmer has to be patiently waiting for the seed to finally to come out. And he, the, the farmer cannot just bypass the growing season. It has a stage of the seed to be planted then the, the, the farmer done all this is working, and then in between those time, he has to be faithful. He has to be, do everything he can in between that. Just as though he hasn't seen the crop, though he hasn't seen the harvest coming, but he was almost like a visionary. He saw there is a future in a certain season, in a certain stage, that the crop will be coming up. But though his eyes didn't see it, but he would do everything he can to cultivating it, 
to do everything that it can to put a focus on that, to do everything that the seed will be needed until the harvest time. If the farmer just harvested before the season, then the seed will be ruined. The farmer, after he done, he must be having a rested assurance that no, whatever he planted, it will come at the harvest time. So God has to do the same thing. When he planted, and God know sooner or later, or not sooner or later, in the certain season, that the crop will come to pass. There is a planting season. There is also have the harvest season. So God has the in, the in between that. He was elected the farmer. It doesn't mean to so the Lord just to keep it uh, and throw it and don't do anything. In between, he works through that period of time. In that between, in all this uh, uh, growing stage, God is still working like the husband man. That is his working, his pruning, and his uh, uh, watering. And his do everything that's in order for the season to come. Then there is a harvest. And it's also like a masterpiece. When there's a sculptor was making a, making a sculpture, then he must have a vision that in his mind. And in his, in his mind, though nobody knows, but only himself to know it, and he look at the, the marble that is set in the front of him. And, but in the sculptor, he already had a vision, know exactly what is the inside of that piece of a marble. And then he started chipping uh, uh, chiseled away, started working, uh, working on it. But at the end, what he's working on is in his mind and in his vision. But yet, he cannot bypass all the chiseling, all the polishing, all the hammer and the chisel, and just wait just until uh, uh, till the end, wait till the masterpiece comes. He must do all this work in between until the end come, until the final products are coming in, in, in front of the people's eye. So all the stage that is in between is all the essential part for that masterpiece to be uh, unveiled in front of other people. And for, other, for a lot of people, when the uh, sculptor was uh, chiseling in a way and was doing all of that, it seems like it doesn't make sense. And it, was, it seems like it was just a piece of the marble. And then he do that uh, like Michelangelo. He was uh, trying to get to the, uh, the figure of a Moses. He chiseled it away, chiseled it away. And the, probably the people that were walking by, all they saw, it was just a rough stone. And then maybe the days by, and they saw a little bit of figure out of, the per, of, of, uh, of a person. But they don't know if this is a man or if this is a woman. And uh, what is this a figure? What is this a, uh, this, uh, uh, this is exactly the person? Who is this a person that he was doing? But one after he done all the work, when this uh, masterpiece that are coming before the, the people, when they look at it, they don't have to do. Uh, nobody needs to give them an explanation or interpretation. Everybody knows this is a statue of a Moses. But in between of that, while he's doing all this work. Though it doesn't look like the final products, but only the master know this is the masterpiece. So when God is working on the, the, the people, maybe for the other people, they don't understand. What are they doing? Why did he bring sickness to this person? It seems like it doesn't have anything. It doesn't make sense at all. Why do our children have to go into the world? It doesn't make sense at, at all. Why they have to get a hurt? Why they have to have this? Why they have to do that? Why they have to go to struggle? Why my children have to go through it at the time they're bumping their hair? They know exactly the way they're doing things that are going to cause them trouble. But why God allow those things? God is the chiseling of the way. Yeah. We just don't understand it. Yeah. 
but God know exactly in his mind he got a vision and God's vision is only a masterpiece there's no halfway job there's no some random job God is doing. When God finishes his working, maybe it's at an end day, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's tonight, maybe the next month, maybe it's next year. But when God done, it's a masterpiece. Other people might not understand, and we ourselves might not even understand. Lord, what comes to this self-inflicted pain, that pain that I'm going through? Lord, what can, go, what can come out of from the things that I'm going through right now? What if my low moment can be benefited to my walk to the Lord? What is this my seemingly, there's an I talking to the Lord, then I keep silent, there's no voice speaking, there's no emotion, there's no nothing coming in in my love. Lord, what can come out of from this? But God is working on a masterpiece. This is all the stage that he was working on, but at the end of this work, there's an end product and called a masterpiece. He will have a spotless bride. He will have a bride that without a wrinkle, without any of those diseases. He will have a perfect one. But in between, you might not understand what he is doing. You might not understand when you're going through the things, why that had happened. But God knows. And though sometimes you feel, you find out it was uh, time after time that it seems like we went through the failure. Is there anybody who went through the failure? Your laugh means you are. Everyone. We're going through, we do things that uh, do it wrong. And then it will come back again. And make a mistake. And when it rise up at it again, and repent, and continue along. And sometimes this is weird you off. Repentance can wear a person off because we're wondering why we have to repent all the time. Why can't I not just have a perfect day without repentance? Don't laugh too hard. But we know there is a master. He never lost confidence to us. It's not because we're confidence worthy. It's because he has a confidence to his seed. Yeah. He doesn't agree with everything that we do. But he does agree with the seed that he put it in you. Yeah. He doesn't have a confidence in the things that you do. In a mind, in your thought. But he does have a confidence that the seed that he put it in you before the foundation of the world. Yeah. He doesn't tolerate the wrongdoing that you did. But for his seed sick, he has a patience to that. God can entrust the seed only to the person that he feel confidence with. If he doesn't have a confidence, he wouldn't even entrust the seed to you. And you think about a Mary. And she, God entrusted the woman's seed that into her. She is that woman. is a singular. It's not Hannah, it's not Sarah, it's not Ruth, it's not all the great figure that we saw that a woman 
the great woman that in the, in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, but is in her. And thousands of the years, hundreds of the years that are passing by, God couldn't find that other person that he can entrust his seed with. That scripture that are hanging there 2,000, 4,000 years, he said uh, the woman's seed will bruise the head of the serpent. That scripture has to wait for year after year. 1,000 is not enough. 2,000, 4,000 a year. And until God finds that woman, about 16, 17 years old, a little, little woman, a little virgin, one of the millions of the little virgin that I have in the, Palestine, uh, the land of Palestine, but God finds that little virgin. Why he cannot be born one day earlier? When he cannot be born or 10 years earlier or 2, 20, God cannot do that. His time is clicking just right. And in his season, in this time, and God has a woman that he can entrust his seed with. And God entrusted his seed in you. You might not be thinking too much about yourself. You may not be thinking too much about a person just beside you because you know the flesh. But God preordained them to be born right now. In this hour, God prayed to ordain them to sit right beside you. And he can entrust the seed just as like he entrusts the seed into your life. He couldn't find it out a woman, but has to wait until 4,000 years later. And then there is this woman called Mary that she, that God can entrust his seed with. And this woman's seed were bruised to the head of the serpent. And God couldn't trust her. And let's bring down to you this message. God cannot entrust it as a message to anybody else but William Branham. Loser as educated as he can be. Loser as bold as he can be. Loser can standing up as a one man to against the Catholic church and get by with it as the brother Branham said. But God cannot entrust to him was the message of this hour. Wesley has it much of the preaching that he can do. He can be here to preach thousands of thousands of the, well, the, the sermons. He go on a travel on a horse and can be a, such a gallant man. Said, Lord, I, I didn't get any persecution this day. Did I do anything wrong? Then the stone uh, throwed it on him and said, oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. With such a man of God, but God cannot entrust it in the message of this hour. God cannot even trust entrust the message of this hour to Paul. Paul doesn't have an ministry like the prophet had. No brother Brandon would preach it in the ministry, preach it in the sermon, just like Paul was a priest. But even Paul cannot have it in the ministry like what we have that God gave us as a Gentile messenger. God can only entrust that message of this hour to that man called William Branham. Amen. Let me bring down to you. He cannot entrust this message that to those martyrs that give their life deliberately. He cannot entrust the message of this hour. Give it to those little women that are in the arena. And then when their son was tortured, and then the mom said, don't give in, don't give it up. He cannot entrust this message to them. 
He cannot entrust it in a message during the, the, the different ages. The people that die for the cause and the people that are dedicated, like the Hassan Taylor, that go to China, that have become a missionary of that age, and then bring the gospel to them, sleep on the wood board, and dress like the local people, eat like the local people. But God cannot entrust the seed word, the message to Hassan Taylor. But God entrusted it to us. You know what I'm thinking about? My heart just tremble. What a man of God that he is. Hudson Taylor. I think there's another one to go to to India. There might be a different one. Uh, that uh, uh, David Livingston to go to to Africa. But God couldn't entrust the message to them. But he entrusted the message to us, Brother Tim. He couldn't entrust it to the word, which is such a vindication, with such a power. He couldn't entrust it to the sign, with a pillar of fire, the pillar of a cloud. He couldn't trust it in all of that in a nutshell. In one, he couldn't trust it to anybody else, but entrusted it to you, but George. We might not be thinking too much about ourselves. We may not be thinking too much about, you may not be thinking too much about the one that is sitting behind here. You may not be thinking too much about the minister standing behind the pulpit. But God entrusted the word to them. God entrusted his message of this hour. None other but to the people right in this hour that are living here. And God entrusted the message to you. And God entrusted the message to you, Sister Lisa and Brother Paul. And sometimes we're thinking, who are we? We're not as spiritual as we want to be. We're not as sincere as we want to be. We live a easy life and it's just doing this and doing that and pushing a button. And then the clothes was washed and I pushed the button. Then the dish was washed. But God said, I entrust you the message of this hour. This message will bring the rapture. This message will bring the millennium. I entrust the message to the last one that's standing right here. I cannot entrust the message to David Livingston. Though he was such a man of God, but entrust the message in your hand so you can bring it to Uganda, to Ethiopia. He couldn't entrust, but he couldn't entrust the message to Hudson Taylor. But humbly speaking, he entrusted the word that will bring the rapture to this little man, to you. He entrusted the message. He led us to translate the Bible. He entrusts the word in this hour to the poor man like this. Oh my God. When I was thinking of that, my heart was bleeding. No wonder, Lord, how my unsincerity. Let me become more sincere than ever. He couldn't entrust to anybody else, but entrusted it to you. In that seed, there's a life in it. But a seed has to grow. The seed has to go through the stalk, the branch, the leaf. The trunk, and finally, back to the shock, 
until the seed form again, be multiplied. But that's all stage of the seed. So even not just like in a prophet's ministry, it has to grow from the holding of the person's hand and uh, to the discernment that until the third pole, the reveal of the word, and the, which is the revealing to the Christ that before us. You're thinking that the bride is the only thing that can stir the bride is the revealing of the Christ. It's the revealing word. Brother Bram said even, he said that the bride has had, hasn't had a revival yet. There has been no revival there. No manifestation of a God to stir the bride yet. We're talking about a no manifestation. Doesn't it the prophet, the holding of the hand, and know their heart? And it's still, he said that there's no manifestation to stir the bride yet. He said that we're looking for it. It will take those seven unknown thunders back there to wake her up again. What is that? It's the revealing of a Christ. The signs doesn't stir them up. The miracles doesn't stir them up. The healing doesn't stir them up. But revealing of the word stirred her up. That's the price's want. It's not for the sign. It's not for the healing. It's not for the miracles. It's not for the emotion. It's not for the dancing around. It's not for all of that. Those is all good. But what makes us different from everybody else? The revealing of the word in this hour. When a word was revealed, it will bring the same result. Though there's the same sign, though there's a healing, though there's a miracle, though everyone, but the source is different. It's that word stirred the bride up. That a spiritual bride of today, so-called church, she takes the word of a God as she won't accept it. And she accepted the dogmas and instead, therefore, the word is not an effect to her. Because she tried to inject her creed with the word and it won't work. It's the spoken word. It's the original seed. And Brother Bramber said, but watch when the spiritual bride, when she begins to have a revival. When she begins to come back and line herself up with the word. Watch then again. You see how that is scripture at a time. There will be a message sweep out to catch that bride. Catch that a woman elected. What stirred her up? It's to reveal the word what stirred her up. That one is revealed that the word being vindicated, being proven to be the truth, that stirred her up. And when she would have stirred her up, stirred up then a revival is coming on them. And then the bride will line up with the word, then that revival will catch her away. That's what the bride was looking for. Those, though as I said, the, the prophet's ministry, it was just needed a growing, just like the, us, we need a growing too. So that when the bride was looking for that, if you look at it with that outside, it seems like everything was the same. Do we have the healing? Does the denomination of the world have healing? Maybe very scarce, but they do. Do we have a sign? Yes, we do have a sign. But do they have a sign on the outside? Yes, scarcely. There are some. Because it has to be, uh, it has to be so close. And then, he said, if possible, they elected. And I will be deceived. But he elected it impossible for them to be, to be deceived. Because they possess the source that is in them. 
They're not possessing the signs. They're possessing the source of the sign. They know themselves who they believe. They know what is living inside of them. They know all those signs. So though on the outside, it seems like the same, but they're tapping into the resources that only themselves know. They know it's not that they're changing their life, but it's God himself changed their life. It's not that they have that in the beginning, but it's the healer living inside of them. Because of the source living in you is a life-giving source. Though on the outside, look at it the same. Same sign, same healing. But uh, by Christ that is living in you. And then we have the life of God living in the side of us. And that life had become the living source that was constantly pushing up, constantly bubbling. It's not to the by educated. It's not a by their some with their theology or their bulldog face. It was something that inside of us that are pushing this up to live the life. Not so that we try to live the life, but there's a seed and there's a power. There's a life inside of you. Live the life by himself. And on the outside, you have the same mistake that everybody else has had. You make the same, you have the same failure, just like any denomination of the Christian. You don't take that as an excuse. And you probably have the same guilty feeling like they have. You probably have the same condemnation, just like everybody else has had. But what makes you different? You have that life source that are continually holding you even when you are in the lowest moment. It's not that you live, but he lives inside of you. How many we can win this and say that somehow when we're going into the darkness, going to the trial, going to the weak moment, man, don't know what to do and don't know how to get up and get through it and get under it and go left or right, but somehow there was some source of the inside of you lift you out of that. What does that mean? That means that there is a living source living inside of you. It's not by self-discipline. It's not by self-education. It's not by the mind over matter. It's not by psychology. It's not by trying to push ourselves into it. There's a source of living in there. The revealed word living inside of you become an unexhausted resource of living in there. And as the Bible in John 7, 37, it said, In the last day, the greatest day of feast, Jesus stood and Christ said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. When we believe in the word, then there is a flowing resource that a river of water, unexhausted and living in the person. But as I said, our life from the seed to the maturity is going through stages. Jesus come as a woman's seed. He didn't come as a mature man. He didn't come as an adult. He come as a seed. Then a seed has to be conceived. Then a seed has to be grow. Then a seed has to be born. Then a seed has to be become a baby cry. Then that a that, uh, that little baby Jesus 
has to feed on the mother's milk. We wouldn't want to think about it. That little baby Jesus was walking on the ground, was playing with the other little kids. Should I bold enough to say, made the same mistake as other kids made? You don't want to say amen. <laughs> you will, don't worry. And a super sign. Brother Bram said, and the only way that a man could be redeemed, God had to become a kinsman near kinsman. I want you to see it. He never become a king, folks, altogether to the rich, to the mighty, but he was a born in the stable, wrapped it in swallowing cloth, not to the adult, but to the child. He was a God over the creation. He chose to do it. Not come a full matured man. He came, he came that he might suffer the feeling of the little babies. He came that he might go through the teenage temptation. You mean Jesus become a teenager? You mean Jesus has to go through temptation just as all of you go through? If Jesus born in the 2022 or born in 2020, well, all the devices, all the media, all the social media, Facebook and everything, Jesus has to go through the same temptation just like you go through. Though he never going through what we're going through, but he overcome every one of them. That same woman seed now living in you. Though you never live in the 2,000 years ago, you're living right now. than the most sinful and filthy age ever. But what this woman seed that bruised the serpent's head then, that woman seed living in you will bruise every serpent's head that's in your life. He said uh, he came that he might go through the teenage temptation. He might go that he could uh, toil the toils and the snares of the devil. He has to toil through that. He had to struggle through that. As a man, not as a God. And to make a way for people of all ages. Of all ages and all classes. Poor, rich, single, married, single mom, single dad, divorced or married, every class. If we went through that overcoming, he said, you can overcome that too. Because that's the same life that in him now living inside of you. Make a way for all age, all classes, the poor, the rich, the all. He become a poor that through his poverty we might become a rich and heirs with him in the kingdom. A sign could be given, crossing himself, making himself something different than what he was. He made something different than Almighty God. Is that understandable? He doesn't make himself as Almighty God overcome everything. He make himself as a man that suffer 
going through struggle, temptation, just like everybody else is going through. He said that the sign would be given, crossing himself, making himself something different than what he was. Now a super sign. Crying as a baby. Playing as a boy. Toiling as a man. But it was a God living in all stage. All stages of life. Just like me. Like we do. That's why he can call himself our brethren without being feel ashamed. He went through everything that you went through. He went through every stage of life like you went through. Let me bring this to a close. They told me I have the liberty until 9 o'clock. I'm going to break the record tonight. He lived all stage. When he was a baby, what is the life in there? You dare not to answer. Let me answer for you. It's almighty God living in that baby. But it doesn't manifest as almighty God. He manifests as a little baby. He cried. Can you imagine Little Jesus, just like Jackson, <laughs> crying for milk, struggling for sleeping. When he doesn't have enough sleep, he cries. Does Jesus' baby fuss? Fret? Just like a baby. Though there is an almighty God life in there, but he didn't allow the almighty God manifest as almighty God. But he limit the manifestation of the almighty God just in that little baby. Then he started to grow. That's the one stage of Jesus. And then he become a toddler. He's not a super toddler. He's just as a toddler as any toddler. The taller baby Jesus stumble. The taller baby Jesus cry after he stumble. Does Jesus need to learn how to walk? Remember, there's an almighty God's life living in the toddler Jesus. But he didn't allow himself to manifest as almighty God. He lived all stages of life. He only manifests himself according to that season. He only manifests himself according to that age. He only allowed himself to be manifest limited as a toddler, as a baby. Then Jesus started going to school. I guess he homeschooled. He didn't want, there's no public school for him to want to. There's no VCA for him to want to. He probably just went through the homeschool. Jesus had to learn one plus one equals two. And his father might be trying to teach him a skill. 
to how to be a carpentry. And Jesus was trying to, oh, Jesus caught her his finger. And he bleed. But that blood doesn't save anybody. He limited his almighty God to a little boy. Going through everything just like you and me going through. But almighty God living inside there. He had a power to speak into existence. He has a power just by one word. He, he manifests that power in that adult Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. If he doesn't mention the name of Lazarus, all dead will be come forth. He has that much of a power, but he limited his power because he was a time locked. He was a season locked. His age locked. He's a teenager locked. He's a Jesus. Then he become a teenager. The teenager boy, man, you're quiet. In that teenage age, there's young girls who's walking beside him. Just as beautiful as he can be. And everybody else has had a girlfriend. You're going through the temptation. Remember, almighty God living in there, but doesn't make him a super teenager. He's just as a teenager as any teenager. He's going through the same struggle. He's going through the same temptation. He's going through the same eye, just like your eye, when you watch all those women passing by. He's a full-grown young man. Just as uh, much hormones like you have. You wouldn't want to believe that. I know it. But God make him like that. So that you and I have a hope. So though there's a coming of the Lord is near. Then we can have a patience. And waiting. And believing. And resting on the assurance of God. And resting on the word of God. If he put that seed in me, that's almighty God in me. But that almighty God live all stages of life just like me living through. Just like my boy living through. Just like your girl living through. Just like any teenage girl, like any teenage boy that it went through. But almighty God living inside of them. But was locked in that teenage boy. Locked in that little baby. He lived all stage of life. No difference than everybody else has lived through. That's why the Bible said, for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. And we can call him brethren too. Because we went through the same thing, just like Jesus has went through. Let me bring another point here. Many times we see, oh, God knows. When a teenager is going through that, oh, God knows what he went through because he went through that. And we said, oh, uh, the marriage couple, they went through, oh, God knows them because he went through that. 
And we said, oh, this adults, this child, this adult. Oh, God, no, because God went through it. But let's bring a shift to here. It's not God know what you're going through. Seemingly like he's outside watching you going through. But he living inside of you. And went through with you. Going through the whole thing. Just like a baby Jesus went through. Just as a teenager Jesus went through. Just as a young man Jesus went through. Just as an adult Jesus went through. He said, but he never went through older men's. He never went through what older women like. Can I give you what Brother Bram said? When he was a 30, he was a like a 50. You know the average lifespan in those times is about 50. In those times. People doesn't live very long. And he was a like a tender plant out of, a, out of, the, out of the ground. So like the dry roots out of the, out of the soil. He no have, have no beauty that we can admire him at. And he was a suffering. He was a going through all those things. We said, does he understand that the older man went through? Yes. And he's not only know what your older man or the older woman went through. He's living in older man. As an old man. He's living inside of you. Though there's an almighty God. But that almighty God living in that frail body. That almighty God living through all his stage. From a baby, toddler, teenager, adults, 30, 40, 70, 60, 80. The other day I was looking at that other book, Sister Joanne. A young boy in Alaska Highway. I was looking at that young boy. I just cannot imagine that's a brother But then the subject come to me. But God lives through all ages. God lives through all stages. He doesn't live as a young little bisco, as an almighty God, manifest almighty God. He just let him become a teenager, a little boy. He just let him walk on the highway and had a bearer with him as a friend. He just lived as a young little teenager and sitting in the front row. And had a burden that he might, he wanted to have a wife. And then there was a man and a prophet said, don't you worry. Sister Ruth, that's one that belongs to you. He just one man, but God, almighty God. And the use as a man went through so many things as an almighty. And to bring the vision, bring the book, bring the transcendent. But that when he was a young boy, he doesn't manifest that way. He manifests just as a young boy. He just as a teenager. He's not a super teenager. He went through everything just as a teenager went through. And I'm thinking about it as an old man. And I'm probably thinking, oh, how I wish I have a younger body. How I wish I can come behind the pulpit, just preach like a young, young lad. And we might be praying that way too. I don't think you need to pray that way. It's still the same almighty God. But live all stage of life. It's not on the outside he understands. But he's living inside of you. Live through, with you, through all stage of life. 
Then I thought about a Brother Hugh Message. Then I thought about a Brother Frank Fletcher. Then I thought about a Brother Henry. I thought about a Sister Helen. Does Almighty God live in a dying man or dying woman? Did he ever live in a dying man? He was dying on the cross. He was gasping for life. He was a crying, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There's no God there. There's no comfort there. He's so lonely, himself going through the death. So that he can live in grandma and grandpa in older people and he can live that in brother Frank when I saw that a little man laying on the bed he shrinked to the half of his size and is gasping and then stopped and brother Tom brother Michael and I we went to see his sister Helen we said the last moment. She was gasping for breath. Then stopped. God has lived through all stages of her life. And everybody's life. If God has to live all stage of life, when you're in your darkness, is God only say to you, Sister Judy, I know. Or he said, I live through all stage your life. When you're in your lowest moment, that almighty God living in there. When you're going through a lonely moment, that God is not just say, I know. But he said, I'm living in there. I'm not a living before 2,000 years ago. I'm a living right in you, through you at this moment. Not as the almighty God said, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. I've lived through that low moment. I've lived through then at a patient moment. I've lived through your trial. It's not I know your trial. I've lived through when you got a cancer. It's not I know you got a cancer. I've lived through. Because he lived all stages of his life. Then, then he lived all stages of his life inside of you. He lived all stages of life. Every stage of life, we have a different temptation. Every stage of life, you have your lowest moment. You have your dark moment. You have a trial that you went through. You have the things that you have to overcome. But God doesn't say, I know. But he said, I live through you every of this moment. If God can live through at every stage of his life, then 
He can live every stage of your life as well. There's not a one thing that in your life you went through that is not him in there. He lived through all stage of your life. No matter how weak you think you are. No matter how low that you think you are. No matter how difficult that the things, how dark that you couldn't even utter to tell anybody else. He said, no, I'm not just knowing. I live through you. I was right there. Actually, he will say to you, it's me living through that. You don't have to be worried about. You don't have to be, feel condemned about. I live through that. It's not I live through 2,000 years. I live right through you. When you've been jeering and mocking by other people, he said, no. He said, they're mocking at me. The reason is because he goes through all stage of your life. Then I'm thinking about Sister Violet and his grand, her grandson, Ezekiel. And I was thinking about, does God live in that, in that baby? It's not he know, I know what you went through. It's God himself. It's the life that he lived in that little baby there. Let him go through this, those trials, those sickness. And thank God he's discharged from the hospital. It's God that lived all stage of life. And what about your kid, Brother Johnny, Victor, Dan? And how the devil is to try to stop the vision to come to pass? And how the devil is to try to stop that the wound led the life to come? Louise and Grace. But if the devil cannot stop for the seed to be manifest in Mary's womb, God will live us through all stage of life. That it couldn't stop that rejection to come either. God lives through all stage of your life. That life has to run through all stage. Just like anybody else has had us to run through all stage. Then I'm thinking about the people in our church. I think about how many people that they were born in a message. And they were still serving the Lord. Maybe I should ask you to stand. Is there anyone here that you're born in a message? And until today, you still serve the Lord. Can you stand? Devil, have you sold this? Did he say many times, the people that are born in a message, you have no chance for the world to take you, take a hold of you. You can never be overcomer. But God lives through all stage of life. He's living in you, Jordan, as a baby. He's living in you, uh, Levi, as a toddler. He's living in you, the king, as a teenager. He's living in you as an adult. He runs through all of that, lives through all stage of life, and he become an overcomer. Amen. 
devil cannot take away the life, though as a seed, but he went through all stage of life. You can have a seed. I'm thinking about another thing. Some of you didn't stand. If I were asked, how many of you desire to serve the Lord? But you're not in your all to be. And you know that. But you desire to serve the Lord. You don't have to stand up. I don't want you to feel shame about it. You just check it in your heart, the deep depths in your heart. How many of you, you know what's your condition, but you're not in your all to be? The devil or the accuser is constantly bring a condemnation, bring the guilty feeling that's on you. But in the heart of a heart, you desire to serve him. Let me give you a quote. I probably won't be able to bring my record tonight. But Abraham said in the thirst, also there is a control tower in your soul that tells you the spiritual things that you have a need of, something in your spirit. And you by this can tell what kind of a life is controlling you. Your desire I'm talking about. He said, when you can see what your desire are, then you can tell by that what kind of something that is in you that is creating this desire that you have. It's a seed. It's in a seed stage. But God is in that stage. By that stage, He will live through all stage of your life. But if you put that seed in there, if he created that desire in there, how can his creation fail? That will put a black name on him, the creator. He said, what you can see what you desire are, then you can tell by what kind of something that's in you that's creating this desire that you have. There is a certain thing that you searched for. And he can tell you in your soul what this desire is by the nature of the thirst that you have. Desire is a thirst. Desire is a nature. Listen, desire is not learned. Desire is a nature. It's something naturally that in you you desire for. As a sinner, you naturally desire for sin. But as a born-again Christian, you are naturally desiring for godly things. That desire is a stage of a seed, but God put it in there. Because of that desire, because of the nature has changed, he created a way for you. In a private interview, but a friend said that Sister Bruce, I quoted her many times, but let me quote it again. Sister Bruce said, I made so many mistakes, I failed so many times. But a friend said, but that's why Christ 
had to die. So that you, with your mistakes, wouldn't be lotted to you. He took your mistakes, your desire, or your thirst, or your nature. Your nature in your heart is to serve him. You haven't got ability to serve him yet. You have been entangled by the bondage of this world. But in your heart of heart, in the nature. Yes, sir. Not to your physical nature, but a godly nature. Amen. That stage of the baby Jesus. It was stay still in that baby form. The almighty God wrapped in that little baby. But he allowed himself not to be manifest as the almighty God. But he allowed himself to be manifest as a little baby. So he allowed that that desire that be many, not yet manifest still in the baby form, but you desire to serve him. And because you desire to serve him, that's why he died for your desire. Desire don't have ability. Good intention paved the way to hell. But desire for God make him coming down. Become a flesh, become a sin offering, become atonement that paved the road for your desire to perform and to go to heaven. And because of the desire he created, then he coming down to pave the road for that desire, the little baby Jesus, become a toddler Jesus, become a growing up, the little desire, become a bigger desire. A bigger desire become unquenchable with desire. The unquenchable desire become to another point you die to yourself. And when you die to yourself, his blood washes all your, all your sin clean. And then your nature, your everything starts to manifest in. Your body starts to manifest in. You start to love the word. You start to love to come to church. You start to listening to the preaching. You start going back to the hearing of the voice. A voice behind that a voice. And then the preacher of the word or the message started to take a hold of you. Then tears started coming down. Then you're pounding at the altar. Lord, do something in my life. Then the Lord started changing you. And day in, day out, day in and day out. Then you stand it up. From the baby Jesus till now. You're not only just a desire for the Lord. But now you serve the Lord. Because that desire has a win right now. That desire has all that the sin has a block in it. Let a musician come. All the sin, all the filthiness, everything try to block you and try to without that, that seed manifest. But that desire overcomes every of them. Not because the desire overcome, because the desire wanting God, God provide a sacrifice. And make that desire not just lock down as a desire, but start to slow release. Slow release. Start to release of the almighty God. Little by little by little by little. Then that almighty God becoming in full manifestation in your life and in my life. See, he took your mistakes. Your desire in your heart is to serve him. 
All right. That's what he died for. So you could serve him. It's not your desire to have a power to overcome the sin. But your desire have a power overcome God's heart. Then he provided a sin offering for your life. You have been wrestling with man and wrestling with God with your desire. And you become a prince because you overcome. Not that you have a power to overcome sin, but a desire that inside of you paved the road for God to come in there and a paved the road for you to go up. May the Lord bless you. Let us ascend. The Bible says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is a present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I found out. Now if I do that, I will not. It is no more that I do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is presented with me. Isn't that what I just said? For I delight in the law of a God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bring me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, got a desire, but no power to overcome. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Your desire constrained him to coming down. And he paved that road for everything that you desired out of war. How we should have thanked the Lord. Young people, even you have a desire. That is the creator created and I desired it in you. If he created and I desired it in you, he will pave a road for him to coming down and for you to go up. Let us sing a song together. God of the mountain is the God of the valley. Let's sing that. Shall we worship him? He's an almighty God. Though sometimes he's in the toddler in the baby, but he's still the almighty God. And in your lowest moment, he's almighty God. When you're on a mountaintop, he's an almighty God. He lived through all stage of our life. Let's just sing all together. You got to help me, Michael.
Amen. He's the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. He's the God of all stages of our life. I pray the Lord will bless every one of you. Thank you all for coming on the Wednesday night. So good to see you, Brother Paul. So good to see you that is sitting in your position. God is in all stage in your life too. When you're in a surgery, he's there going through that. When you're in your weakness moment, and he's there to be with all of you. I wonder, Brother uh, George, uh, we told if you can come to pray and dismiss it us if you can. Thank you. Heavenly Father, oh Lord, how we thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you for how simply you have just come to us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to take it in that simplicity, Lord. May you help us to take it in this simplicity, Lord. That is not about what we have done or what we can do. It's about what you have done and what you are doing, Lord Jesus. We just surrender tonight, Lord. Oh, God. May you remind us constantly, Lord, that it's you doing and willing in us, Lord Jesus. Help us to completely surrender, Lord, and allow you the right of way, Lord Jesus. Oh, we're so grateful, Lord Jesus. Thank you for sending us light in the time of darkness. The prophet said, what will will be the use of light if there's no eyes to see? You did not only send us light, but you sent us eyes that we might see, Lord. Thank you, Father, for Malachi 4. Thank you for what he's doing in us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you for the way you've taken your servant, Lord. No doubt you have taken us tonight that way, Lord Jesus. May we go from here victorious, Lord. May we not forget what you have done and what you are doing, Lord. We go in this might, Lord Jesus. We receive the healing of the bodies of your people, healing of our spirit, healing of our soul, Lord. May we go in that victory, Lord Jesus. We just bless your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's shake hands with one another. May the Lord bless you. You have a wonderful rest of the week. Sorry I didn't break my record, but uh, I hope uh, the Lord will put something in your heart. And until we meet it again, God bless you.